Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks again for hanging out with me for another week of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Listen, guys, you already know before I start every single show, I always like to take a few quick moments to give God some thanks because I believe that without him, none of this would be possible. So I just pray that somebody out there that's listening is inspired, encouraged, motivated to not only learn more and do more, but to become more. And I just pray that in Jesus' name. And listen, you know that every single week I bring on amazing guests onto the show, and this week is no different. You guys are in for a huge, listen, a huge treat today. All right, check it out. I, 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 always, I, I don't normally do long uh, intros, but this guy, man, that I have on today's show, he deserves it, so I want to do him justice. So listen, for the, over 25 years, today's guest has inspired hundreds of thousands of people to take personal responsibility to step into the potential of their greatness. He's, published in, he's been published in over 100 books, including 28 bestsellers in 45 languages, titles such as Stickability, The Power of Perseverance, The Millionaire Mentor, and Three Feet from Gold, Turn Your Obstacles into Opportunities. These books have inspired countless readers to understand that the most valuable lessons we learn are also the easiest ones to apply. He's known best for being the founder and CEO of The Secret Knock, That might be a little secret right there, tip for you to know who the guest is, an exclusive event and professional collaboration community focused on partnership, networking, and business development. He's also the producer of the Oscar-qualified film Wish Man, which you guys heard a couple weeks ago. I had that guy on the show as well, based on the creator of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome with me today's guest, my friend, Mr. Craig Reed, what is going on, man? There you go, and the crowds go wild. Ah, standing ovation, man. How you doing, brother? Come on, so good, even I want to be me. <laughs> awesome, man, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, man, I know you're super busy. Uh, you're out on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, so I know it's early for you, so I, thanks for waking up early. <laughs> Through the West Side? West Coast! <laughs> love it, man, love it. Listen, man, I know when I bring on some, uh, you know, big influential guests such as yourself, a lot of people are always thinking to themselves, man, how did they get to where they are? How are they able to do what they're doing and and pretty much loving what they love to do, right? Because statistics show that 80% of Americans go to a job that they hate going to every single day. And so when they see people who actually love what they do, you know, they, they have that question like, man, what is it about this guy? How did he get there? You know, the mindset and all of that. So before we jump into all the cool things you've been doing and you have going on, just bring us a little bit back to when, you know, the younger Greg, is this something that you ever dreamed you were going to be doing in life or what were some of your, you know, mindsets back then? And how did you develop the amazing mindset and personality <laughs> that you have uh, today? Okay, man, that's like 18 questions. So I'm going to start with the first part of that thing. First of all, <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Greg. Uh, I'm an author, speaker, filmmaker here in San Diego. I've been publishing over 100 books, 45 different languages around the globe. And yeah, my feature film called Wishman is trending on uh, Netflix. Watch that sucker uh, and you'll enjoy it. So, you know, I'm probably the least qualified guy to do what I do. I'll come right out of the gate. You see all these other people, they stand on a soapbox and they claim to be a guru and how great they are. 
I'm kind of the opposite. I, I, what I do is I have a desire and a goal stickability. That means I have my eye on the prize and then I find a way to make it happen. So the, my only superpower is I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. Mm. So for example, I cannot spell, I cannot write. I'm dyslexic and I, I mean, play me words with friends, you'll win every time. <laughs> and so what happens is I hired amazing ghostwriters and copy editors that would take my gift of gab because I'm a good orator and then they'd craft it in a way that people would want to read it in book form. And that's how I became, you know, a mega best-selling author. It wasn't because I was working, you know, my weaknesses. I was hiring those weaknesses out. Same thing when we made Frank's film. Look, I live on the beach in San Diego, California. I'd never made a movie before. So I sought out the people that have already done that craft and I hired them and surround myself with them. Trust me, even though we've got an Oscar qualified film that was on the ballad for this last year's, uh, you know, award ceremonies, well, the bottom line is that I never ran a camera. I didn't write the script. <laughs> All I did is produce it. And so many people think that they have to do everything. And when reality, the smartest people do the least amount and surround themselves with the greatest talents they can get a hold of. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, you have a great point. I hear a lot of people that, you know, a lot of successful people say, you know, work your strengths and then hire your weaknesses. So I love that you mentioned that because that's a key that for those of you listening, you know, that's a key gem right there that he just dropped on everybody. So when you were, uh, when you were younger, uh, Greg, was, were, were, was, is what you're doing now something that you thought you were going to be doing? Like, what were your aspirations and goals and dreams when you were younger? Yeah, absolutely not. So from age 20 to 40, I only had one job. I was in advertising sales. That's it. I just did one job. And I, I started my own business in that industry and ended up selling it for you know, a really nice income. And what happened is that people kept asking how I pulled that off given that I barely graduated high school. And the answer was, I kept saying, well, I listened to these audios. I went to these seminars, you know, all these different things. I had all the quote boards and whatnot. And I started speaking at the universities and then some kid came up and said, you should write a book and go, well, I've never read a book. That's a good challenge. And so the very first one I did, I was turned down 268 times in a row. Wow. And the, I can't spell, dude. I can't write, trust me. And the 269th one said, we'll do your book. Uh, just changed the title, beginning, middle, and end. And so I got my first ghostwriter. They recrafted it, and it went on to become a global phenomenon. I mean, in all kinds of languages, and that started my career. But what was listen, that first book? The Millionaire Mentor. But think about this. If I would have quit after 50 rejections or 100 or 212 or 240, I would not have gone on to inspire millions and millions of people. So I understood the power of stickability. Keep your eye on the prize, but not get so caught up in exactly how it has to happen. I mean, that, that, that kind of reminds me of, of your book, Three Feet from Gold. It's like most people would have given up at 50 or 100 or 200 or 230, right? Yeah. Most people would have given up and you just kept on. What was that drive? Like what made you say, I'm going to keep going 200 and something times? You know what? I have something called a knowing, not the hope, wish, belief. I just knew. I, I knew I was on to something. I wouldn't let another person or myself talk me out of that dream. And that's what that holds a lot of people back is, you know, they, they have to know the exact process and the blueprint for me. I, I wasn't caught up on it, but I knew I had a story to tell. I knew people would like my stuff. Same thing with the movie. I mean, I, gosh, if I told you how many rejections, every famous actor in the world turned us down for that movie. Everyone turned us down. Everyone told us it wouldn't work. Everyone told us we sucked. 
and until finally it came out and it was a miraculous success and now everyone wishes they were in it, right? So the whole thing is I never let another person or yourself talk you out of what you know to be true. That's awesome. I love that, man. I love that. And you know, me being in a wheelchair, man, a lot of people ask me that same question. And I, and I totally resonate, that totally resonates with me because that's the same thing. It's like, I know in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, I know that I'm destined for greatness. So I just, I just got to keep hammering away, hammering away. That's how I was able to get to where I am today as well. So let's talk about this. Cause I want to just shift gears a little bit. Wish man just came out. I saw it on Netflix. Amazing. I just interviewed, uh, interviewed Frank, uh, few weeks ago and he mentioned you as being one of his mentors uh which i found very interesting and i know a lot of people that may be listening frank is a lot you know older than you are and so sometimes it's okay people might be thinking like well can i really find a mentor that's younger than me what what are your thoughts on that well absolutely surround yourself again with people that are getting the results you want look when i wanted to become a best-selling author i didn't go to people who wrote great books i didn't want to be a great writing author i, I suck so what i did is i went to barnes and noble and i bought every bestseller and i asked those people how they did it and i took their system and i duplicated it for myself i didn't ask their age to make no difference i wanted to follow the system frank wanted to get into the speaking industry and i happened to be doing pretty well in it so he came and we gave him some you know, suggestions and whatnot. And he had made the Forbes list of the, I think, number one speaker in the country. And it's the same thing when he wanted his movie to be told. Look, all I did differently is I asked questions. So I was working on a book and I asked him, you know, what his wish was. I was kind of curious what the founder of Make-A-Wish, what his wish was. And he said, no one asked me. He says, well, I will grant your wish. What do you want? And he says, I just want my story to be told. So my grandkids know I did something cool. Wow. I said, okay, I'll make it into a major film, but just know, I don't know how to make a film, but he trusted me. And it took six years of, you have no idea the trials and tribulations, but again, now it's streaming all around the world and you know, it's a phenomenon. Absolutely incredible, man. And, and just to be able to work with somebody like that and tell the story of an organization, of an individual and an organization such as Make-A-Wish is freaking huge, man. So congratulations to you. Also, congratulations on making the uh, top 20 books to read in 2020 during the lockdown that'll change your life. Uh, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, ABC, NBC, and all those other large publications, man. And I was super excited when I made the list with you and saw your name and Sharon. I was like, yes, that's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> so oh, congratulations. I, and I appreciate that too. More than you can even imagine. Look, the bottom line is that a lot of people think about what they want in life, but they don't take the action. And it's the action in the law of attraction that makes your dreams come true. Yes, you got to think it. Yes, you got to feel it. But ultimately, you got to get off your backside. You got to take action and you got to do it. And by the way, the gardeners out there are getting everything done. Looks good. I can see him back there. There you go. He's blowing away. Keeping those leaves out, baby. You got to keep those leaves out, man. Got to keep everything looking manicured, man. I, I, <laughs> good catch on that. But listen, um, what I wanted to ask you was, you know, when, 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 when you started realizing that what you were doing, you know, your personality and that go-getter mentality that you had, when you started actually seeing results, how did that make you feel and how, you know, because when you start seeing, like, everybody has a dream and aspirations and visions and it's like, man, the work is so hard, the vision is so far, 
but you know, how do I begin and, and how do I get there? When you actually started seeing those results, man, how did that make you feel like mentally wise? And like, I know obviously you felt, you know, excited and things, but what was the mindset that you had to develop to continue seeing those results? Cause I think a lot of times people will get one win and then they don't see a couple of wins for a little while. And then they, that's when they give up again. And then they're like back to, you know, back to square one. How do you keep that mindset that keeps you going and going and going? Well, through this lockdown, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this and the truth, I mean, and I've never said this out loud. I don't think I've ever really enjoyed any of my successes to be honest with you. Cause I was always doing the next one. So people don't understand this, but yeah, it takes years to like make that movie. Um, but by the time it actually comes out, I mean, I was working on that for six years and I beat that thing to death. Right. So what happens that I'm not really enjoying it because I've already done it and by that time i've already done two or three other projects behind it that are coming out so constantly i have four probably books coming out every single year like a system and events and a thing so I've, i'm really living in the moment and one of my ahas was i'm going to change that so moving forward i'm going to start actually embracing the moments i remember i was standing on the you know i spoke to all the generals at the pentagon i, I got to speak at the united nations on, on the general assembly floor at the novus event and looking back, I go, man, I should have stopped and took a selfie, <laughs> you know, I'm like ate that moment up. But to me, it was just, I was, I was going uh, rather than actually enjoying it or I enjoyed it, but I didn't like embrace that moment, so to speak. So moving forward, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. That's incredible. So let me ask you this question out of all the hundred, the over hundreds, hundred of books that you've written, what's like your top three favorites? Mm. Well, first of all, I haven't written. I've just been published in them. So sometimes people like do this, they interview me and they put in a book or I wrote a blurb or I wrote the forward or whatever. So I've been published in a hundred different books because of uh, the longevity I've been doing this industry. And, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a fun, fun in business, so to speak. But my favorite three that I have done, three feet from gold, the millionaire mentor and positive impact. Are, are just the uh, books that I think everybody should have on their success library. Stickability is good too. And then Bob Proctor and I did a book called Thoughts Are Things. There's so many. I mean, I, I, it, it, I read that book. I love that book. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's, there, there's so many different, <clears throat> I'll tell you what's a weird challenge. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll come off stage somewhere, wherever it is. And someone will come up and say, man, I love your book. And in chapter four, when you talked about thing, now, oh, I don't have a clue usually what they're talking about because I've done so many projects. So it's really hard for me. I don't want people to feel bad that I don't remember every single word that I've ever been published in. So I always sit back and go, what did it mean to you? And they go, oh, it reminds me of the time that I connected with my dad. I go, excellent. That's what, that was the mission. <laughs> that was the purpose of that. Well, thank you for that tip, man, because I have three books out and, and I still, I can still remember some of the things that, you know, people mentioned to me, but I can imagine after writing 50 or a hundred, uh, it's it, really it, hard it, remembering. It's incredible. What a great opportunity. I, I, I'll share another little tidbit that I've been doing lately. You know, people keep saying, what's my favorite uh, aha from all my books? And I got one because it's recent. It's called CPC. And I learned from a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Anthony Bates. It's, it's an acronym that stands for Clues, Patterns, Choices. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. Stop blaming other people works like this. If I go out on a first date, I'm a single guy and she shows up 20 minutes late, boom, there's a clue. If I go on the second, third, fourth date, she's 20 minutes late each time, there's a P, a pattern. 
Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, adjust it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. It's not my job to fix or change somebody. And how many times have we seen someone in business who's got a bad reputation? They'll cheat your friend and then you do business and get cheated and you're mad at that person. Well, you saw a clue, you saw a pattern, but you made that choice. It'd be like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister, you pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. It doesn't work that way. It's about accountability and responsibility. So if I could pass one thing on through this interview is make sure that you start looking for things um, and, and, and being aware of the patterns that are forming. CPC, guys, you heard it. Write it down, embed it in your brain. CPC, clues, patterns, choices. I love that, man. That's awesome. Okay, now, so we spoke about the wish, man. We spoke about um, the books. I want to talk about the secret knock. There it is right there, secret knock. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. This is a phenomenon. I, I have no idea how this kind of happened, but it's, it's really interesting. Uh, so people always ask me how they can get access to the people that I've had a chance to interview over my career. And so I started an event in my living room with 12 people, and I invited some of the folks in. And people said, do I need a ticket to get in? I go, no, just do the secret knock as a joke, right? And it took off and became a phenomenon. And now we're Forbes Inc. Entrepreneurs Top Business Event in the entire world for business leaders. And if you go to secretknock.co, you can uh, you know, apply to join us. The only thing is that we screen every single person that comes. So if you wear a tinfoil hot hat and talk to dead aliens through your cat, love you, but you probably won't make our event. And the concept is instead of coaches, teachers, and mentors, we just bring in the actual person who did what everyone else is talking about. Mm -hmm. So again, if you want to start a nonprofit, here's the founder of Make-A-Wish. If you want to start a clothing line, here's the founder of Ugg Boots. If you can surround yourself with people that are doing what you want and ask them for mentorship, things start changing immediately. That's powerful. That's powerful. When's the next one? September 2nd and 3rd, and we are on in San Diego. Uh, we are sold out, but we're opening up 15 more seats because we just got a new venue that we can hold it. Uh, so this is, a, I mean, there, we don't do a sales pitch. By the way, there's no discounts. There's no thing. Not, not, you can't even buy it online. You have to go to secretknock.co, fill out an application, tell us what you're looking for and what value you bring to our community. And uh, Shannon, the vice president, our secret weapon, will call you personally to make sure it's a good fit. And if so, we'll get you on board. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to ask you this question, too, now that you mentioned Shannon, <laughs> the secret weapon. When, when, when you told me, when, when, I asked you, when I asked if you can come onto the show and you told me to reach out to Shannon and you told me to give her the secret code word to bypass screening, was that a joke or was that serious? No, that's serious. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happens is that once you start, you know, being in the public life a little bit, you get inundated with calls, emails, and things for requests for appearances, which is amazing. And I'm so blessed and grateful. On the same note, there's only so much time in a day. So if I did every single podcast that has two followers that they do in their garage, I would never be able to do my job. So I can't create all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm very particular of who we do this with. And so what happens if someone reach out to Shannon and I give the secret code word, which I gave to you, uh, she knows that I already talked to you, approved it. So there's no screening and immediately sets it up. Okay. Okay. Reason I asked that is because you said the whole, the whole joke about the secret knock. So I was like, let me ask him if that other thing was a joke. Uh, no, that's, that's actually, that's actually pretty straight and legit. <laughs> <laughs> now I saw that you recently, um, 
got your star at the famous uh, Las Vegas Walk, man. Talk Look at that. Bam! That. Awesome, man. That's, that's amazing, brother. I mean, like, how do you feel today? Like, with knowing everything that you've accomplished, all the lives that you've impacted and inspired and helped to transform and the thinking and the doing and the working, and how does that make you feel as a person? Amazing. Again, though, at the time, you know, I, I don't think I embraced it at the time because I was doing so many things. I was doing an event at the time and bringing people out. But looking back, I mean, the founder of Pictionary, the board game, came yeah. out and helped to give me the star and the founder of the E! Entertainment Network, the founders of the Kardashians. Everyone was there giving Frank and I our stars. And it was so, you know, busy doing the event of it that I didn't really embrace the event. So I went back with my son a few months later and then he and I stood on this star and that was the greatest feeling. I'm gonna tell you, that was awesome. And, 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 and you know, I had a bucket list when I was a kid, 17 years old, and there's 80 impossible items uh, to, to accomplish at my that time. And I've checked every single one of those off. And one of the things I always talked about legacy is that look, after one generation, especially two, you're forgotten. I mean, go to a graveyard. If you pass away in the 1960s and below, there's no flowers on your grave. They forget about you. So I figure my son being eight and I'm old guy, 56, chances are he'll never go to my grave. But if I had a star, uh, every single time he goes to Las Vegas with his buddies for the rest of his life, he's going to walk down and go, hey, that's my dad. And I go, so that to me is my, my memento to leave behind. That's amazing, man. That now that's legacy, man. And congratulations, brother. And you know, along with that and the books and the movies, I mean, I mean, I'm so I'm such a I'm such a cheerleader for legacy, man, because so many people are leaving liabilities and not enough legacies. So I'm always talking about legacy. What's the story that they're gonna tell about you? What are they gonna say when they hear your name or someone mentions your name? And man, you've done a whole you man, you have a whole rap sheet, so to speak. <laughs> of yeah. On the same, same note, people don't, I, you know, you and I can have a friendly debate on this one, but I actually disagree a lot with this stuff because at the end of the day, you know, legacy is forgotten again after two generations. That's it. It was like, tell me your great grandfather's name. Most people, they can't. It's just two generations. You don't even know your name of your guy who's in your genes. And so the whole thing is there's no such thing as legacy. All you can do is live the example today for the people that you're are watching today so that they can pass that torch and then they can carry it and they can carry it and they can carry it. But the realities are there was someone in the 19 or 1742 that worked, lived in a little town who was the mayor, the coach, the thing, but no one knows who that guy is. But at that time he was a guy. So the realities are the best we can do is right now. And unfortunately, this is a thing I'm working on a new book. This is, it's kind of strange, but the truth is, is that, 90%, and I'm being generous, of the way that we're truly remembered is how we died. 10% is how we lived. So for example, if you go back and say, uh, you know, my uncle, he died in the war, or, you know, COVID got him, or, you know, suicide, or whatever it is, right? So the realities are, unfortunately, majority of it is how we died. So my thing is, I want to go out with a blaze of glory. <laughs> so, well, so that's, you know, I want to, I want to be the guy who rushes in and, and saves those kittens from a building or something like that. Cause if that's how you were remembered, uh, you know, I want to go out strong. That's true. You never, I, you know, you mentioned that now. I never really thought about that, but that's, that, that's, that's like, 
very, very true. Like people remember how, how you died and, and, and more, more than how you live. It's, yeah, exactly. it, it's strange. I know. I know. Trust me. I'm having these ahas because I got all this free time for the last couple of months uh, sitting around going, hmm, how will you be remembered and things like that. Um, and I go, gosh, I, I, the only reason I didn't want COVID to get me is I didn't want to be a number statistic. I'm not, I'm afraid. Not. I just go, man, I don't want to be one of those guys that's 800,042. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's the only way you didn't want to be remembered out of that. Right? I, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, exactly. It's, uh, it, 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 it's really interesting. I mean, if you look at George Floyd right now, they'll be remembered forever. Again, how? We died the same thing and you go back and look at this stuff it's it's pretty phenomenal from from jesus that was crucified down to caesar was stabbed in the back down to abraham lincoln was shot in the, you remember people yeah isn't yep. that interesting no matter what they did this goes on that's right that's right JF, jfk down to whatever so to me the king all of them i mean you're right man i never really thought about that that's a very interesting uh point that you made man very interesting. And you're the first to ever hear it here live. <laughs> now, you mentioned that, you know, the last couple months, you've kind of been, everybody's been locked at home. What, what are some of the things that you've been working on since you've been, uh, since you've been quote unquote locked down? What are some of the projects you've been working on? What can, what can we expect to, to be coming out of you from this, uh, you know, COVID-19 experience? Give yeah. us a little teaser, if you can. Well, I've been working on a new TV reality show called Wake Up and Crush It. Uh, I've already got a couple, you know, networks interested in it. I've had a couple of networks already tell me they would uh, air it. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, but we've been locked down, so I can't keep filming. Uh, I guess next month I can start the, uh, the cameras rolling again and go from there. And basically it's kind of like a behind the scenes daily life of what a shark would be like in a shark tank. Mm. You know, people come to your house, what it's, what it's really like how many people come up on the streets and they pitch you their ideas and things of this nature. So the, the show is going to be a no holds barred in your face reality check of look, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's not about hoping and dreaming and believing your goals and all this doesn't work that way. It's about having a vision. It's about having a mentor, some cash capital, following right steps and then amazing things start coming your direction. I love that because, you know, that's what people, I mean, and I think that's going to do very well. And, you know, even for me, like, again, with the wheelchair, a lot of times the videos that I'm putting out is like the stuff that I struggle with on a daily basis. And that actually tends to do very well in social media. And I remember when I used to feel uncomfortable um, kind of displaying that, but my wife was like, man, people love seeing that. They love seeing like what you really have to go through behind the scenes. So I think that that show is going to do very well because again, I always ask people, like people see somebody like you and like, oh man, this guy is so successful. He has so much money and he's so wealthy. He knows so many cool people, but nobody ever gets to see what Greg does behind the scenes. And I and, and, and you know, it's interesting, especially being in a wheelchair. It's, it, 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 to me, it's, kind of comical sometimes the way that people talk to you like they talk slow or loud or whatever like i'm not deaf i mean <laughs> right exactly. it is so strange how people treat people different rather than just you're just a person i mean what it, it, it it's uh it, it's kind of interesting my mentor has a book out it's called illuminate it's called accentuate the positive and illuminate the negative you don't run from it and so basically if i can you know i went to go have a first date and I knocked on the door and I had a pimple. First thing I would do is say, Hey, Kilimanjaro right here. And you laugh about it, get out of the way. I don't have to worry about hiding it because I illuminated it. Well, what you're doing now is just illuminating something that you thought was, you know, a challenge, but actually it's an inspiration to a lot of people. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's funny, you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, laughing, so I wanted to bust out, but you were in the middle of talking, so I was holding it in. But like, it's so true how people will talk, start talking slow. And even sometimes when I go to dinner or places with my wife, they'll ask her what I want to drink or what I want. And <laughs> so it's like, well, ask him, what's wrong with you? Go ahead, ask him. He knows what he wants. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, I hope you have fun with that. You got to come up with some great lines for that. Oh, I, man, I listen. One time I was uh, going to a restaurant and the lady was like, oh, do you guys need handicapped seating? And I was like, what do you mean? Who, why? Who's handicapped? And she, you should have saw the look on her face, man. My wife and I just looked at each other, start bust out laughing. And she was just like, I was like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, need, we, need, we, we can't go into a booth. We need a table, please. Thanks. Oh, actually, I, yeah, I don't need seating. I brought my chair with me. Yeah, yeah or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so listen, man, um, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Secret Knock, we talked about. Where can people find more about you? Where can they purchase your books? I mean, I know obviously Amazon, but where, where if people want more information on Greg Reed, uh, what you're doing, what you have coming up, what you've been up to, where can they go and find and find and connect with you? Yeah, my website's my name. So gregreed.com, you can check it out. But Instagram's the best. If you go to Instagram and go to Greg S. Reed, I put my little middle initial in there. Uh, it'll be pretty cool because it direct messages me and goes, as you know, right to my DM. And every single person that reaches out, I reach back personally. There's no one screening or things of this nature. The only thing I ask is, you know, talk about the weather, what you had for dinner, the wife, kids. But if you go, hey, what's a good book for me to read? Or, you know, do you have a good connection here? I'd be glad to uh, get back to you right away. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Listen, one last thing before I let you go. <clears throat> for that person that's listening right now, a lot of people are hurting and struggling through the COVID some people may have had dreams, starting a business, you know, things like that. They may be going through a hard time. What would you tell that person right now that's listening that may be on the brink of giving up or just throwing, you know, throwing the towel in and giving them that hope to keep on going and keep on winning? What would you tell that person, Greg? Well, woohoo, you're in good company because we're all going through <laughs> the same situation and this too shall pass. Look, people that are over pivoting right now and calling this the new normal, Gosh, I feel so sorry for you. I, I true. I feel so sorry because it's not. Uh, the fact of the matter is we're going to be out of this thing before you know it. And then everyone over pivoted and took all their business online. And now they have to restructure and go back to the real reality. So look, just stay cool. This too shall pass. Number one. Door number two is this. The greatest millionaires and billionaires that have ever come was from the Great Depression and back in the last economic collapse we had in 2007 and 2008. So right now will be that same exact opportunity when we come out of this. Start looking for opportunity rather than the challenges and setbacks. My son is eight years old. Wherever we go, he always finds money. No matter where we go, grocery store, the beach, wherever, he always finds money. And I asked him, I go, why is it no matter where we go, you always find cash? I look for it, dad. Well, it's the same thing. If we start looking for opportunities and potential, we will start seeing that as well. That's right. We'll start finding what we're looking for. I love it, man. I appreciate you, Greg. Thank you so much, man. I just, I pray the best for you. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help you out or anything like that, definitely reach out. Mm -hmm. Love you, brother. There you have it, folks. Greg Reed, the man, the myth, the legend. Love this guy. Check out his books. Go to his website. I'll be dropping all the information in the, in the uh, show notes as well. But listen, guys, thanks again for hanging out with us. And until next week, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless.
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores, and make sure you visit me at joseinspires360.com where you'll see links to all my social media where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win.